AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear-headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop, once a day, before breakfast, and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel shirt. It's episode C. That's the worst one. I didn't even get any numbers out. <laughs> it's episode it's, fuck. It's episode three, season twelve of the Fighting God Podcast. Today I'm joined by John Bass and Felonius Filth. How you doing, boys? Very well, thanks. Yeah, you enjoying the heat? Nice bit of heat. It's only going to get worse, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm deciding that I, I like the heat and I'm just going to enjoy it. And everyone should just sort of stop fucking every two minutes, like news stories about it. I don't care. It's a little bit of heat. Hello. Let them die. <laughs> okay, uh, John, you're you're on the podcast. <laughs> Fuck me. Who's you're on the, the pod- them in this scenario? I don't know. Just vulnerable people. Anyone, anyone who doesn't like the heat, anyone who's affected by the heat, just let them all just fucking die. Let the body stack up. Valonis <laughs> does not give a shit. Um, spe- speaking of which, uh, John, you posted something, you tweeted something the other day, mm. and um, it was uh, you, you quote tweeted a video from No Context Brits, and this you you tweeted me said uh, at Flav every time he introduces me on Love the Shirt, and this you boys won't be able to hear this, but this is what he's referring to. One of the fattest families. 
in my life. I'm here in the Peak District and about to meet two right massive fatty siblings who are at the peak of their porkiness. I'm going to be meeting some right beach blubber bellies. I'm in Luton, Bedfordshire and about to meet three right jelly belly jumbos. Right, so I, I'm, I was a bit concerned by this because this is a gentleman who... Uh, He's, I don't know what this is from. Some sort of presumably show on Channel 5 or ITV where he works with people who are overweight. I have never, in in the history of the fighting cock, ever said anything negative about your weight, ever. John? Uh, it's true. Um, I'd say so, it was so, more the... I'd say it was you, more the spirit. Why have you put it out there on the public... <laughs> because... Public- I'll tell you why. So I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I sort of vaguely recollect that guy's face. And I think this show was like a sort of 10 o'clock Channel 4, like Britain's fattest people or like fighting fat club or something like that. Right. But you can see how much the world has changed in a short space of time. That's, yeah, that's not that old, that clip. And it's now it's like you would never talk to people that way. Rightly so. Right. Because it's just super offensive. So it's not so much exactly what he's saying. It's just the tone of. The first thing to like describe the people he's going to meet is based purely on their size, mass, and dietary requirements, right? And that is very much the way you tend to introduce me, which is John Bass, the man, the man with a body the size of a planet. John Bass, a gargantuan <laughs> human. The Goliath. John Bass, a Goliath. That's Someone's got to clip all that up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't. No one's got the time for that. But that, John, that, you. <laughs> I, I, that's a good thing. As a man, you want to be a man mountain. The women love it. Yeah, no, Men love it. You've got a whole category in the porn, in, in, well, probably in the porn industry, but also in, the, in, in you know, the LGBTQ plus. Yeah. The, the, you've got a whole category. So what are you won't moan about? You're um, every woman's dream and some men's. So stop I'm it. Not, I'm not stop moaning. playing a victim. I'm not playing the victim. I'm not moaning. I'm just, I'm just m- merely highlighting how uh, funny it was uh, that it really did just remind me of our sort of interactions on a weekly basis. So Such I thought a... I'd just put it out there to the world for people to enjoy. Um, and as T said, the the dream scenario is someone goes back through the catalogue and <laughs> cuts together a fighting cock version with um, you doing introductions to you know my size. But yeah, Such... I'm, I love I love being a big. Cuddly man. It's nothing yeah, it's wrong such with it. a massive, <laughs> massive Goliath of a hairy man. <laughs> Juggernaut. As much, he, he's, he's, John's so hairy. He, uh, John's body wear, the body hair weighs as much as I do, um, which is uh, which is fair. Uh, apologies, John, if it took you back. I, I won't do no, it. Again. No, I'm just, just trying to make <laughs> no. people laugh at your expense. Uh, we yeah. we got to get on with it. We got to get on with it, John. Right, we've well, given right. you a chance to reply. Well, let's just get on with it, shall we? Bloody hell, fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> lots coming up this week. Uh, we have a wonderful win against Southampton. What will that mean for the season? How far can Tottenham go? Can we win the league? How important is that game against Chelsea next week? The glorious Decky. Uh, why Emerson continues to divide opinion? We'll be answering loads of your questions as well. But before all of that, you know it. Everybody knows it now. NordVPN read. Here it comes. Actually, do you know, we usually start with a smut, but we're not going to do that this week. We're going to start with some Spurs stuff. Right, because you know that Tottenham Hotspur are in the Champions League, boys. Did you know that? You're aware of that? Tottenham Hotspur, they're playing in the Champions League this season. And one of the most frustrating things for a a fan who's going to watch Spurs play abroad is the cost of hotels and flights. With NordVPN, you can set your position to different countries and get cheaper prices. I had no idea about this. Other countries, you, you have different prices, 
based on where you are geographically. So you pay more in England merely for, for being in England. You can use NordVPN to trick these airlines into thinking that you're in a different country and therefore you pay less, not just for flights, but for hotels as well. So what could cost you 600 to 700 quid to fly to Madrid when we go, end up going to the Bernabeu, um, the, uh, the Bernabeu and, then, and smashing them up? But you don't want to, have to pay 700 quid to do it. You can use NordVPN to pay cheaper prices. All of this is legal. None of this is illegal. Um, so that's not a bad thing, is it? And people are still going to do that. That's amazing. I wish I'd done that before knowing where your wedding's going to be, John, because it would have saved me <laughs> fucking loads of money. You know how, much, you know how fucking expensive this bloody thing's gotten? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm happy right. to be invited. I'm just saying it's been yeah. pricey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pricey for you as a guest. I mean, it's it's going to co- it's going to cost me a little bit, mate. Uh, it was your idea, on. mate. No one forced you to do it. It was your idea. It was. It was. <laughs> but you think about it, right? You're just offsetting it. Um, when you use, you know, your you NordVPN, you're just offsetting a bit of your cost for that. So it's fine. Now you can use that. Think about all the extra shit you can you can book when you're out there. That'll be cheaper because you'll be abroad. I, I was. I'm so surprised that it, it's like it's this this situation where you can like depending on where you are in the world, you pay different. I mean, it makes sense because there's, you know, what people earn are different elsewhere. But, you know, you can take advantage of it, basically. And the, the, the thing about this is that anyone who's known who's travelled with Spurs is you get you get bent over the barrel when you're travelling. They, they know what's happening. They know Spurs are going to the Camp Nou or they might be going to Munich or wherever it is. And the prices get hyped up for all football fans. And if you're not going to the Champions League, then you use it for... Um, to save money on, uh, you know, wherever you are going to be travelling for your holidays before the end of the holiday season. Anyway, um, let's get on to the spicy bit of NordVPN, the bit that I like the most. Um, if, if I say to you, boys, quick answer, live Jasmine, what are you saying? What does that mean to you? What do I like or do I know what it is? What is it? It's a pop-up. It it's, it's, a, it's a pop-up. When I, when I go to certain places on the internet, it's a pop-up. That's all I know all, about it. Let's say the best thing in the world, right, is when you go down the pub with your mates later on the weekend, just out of the blue, just go to your mate. Live Jasmine, yeah? How do they react to that? Because you, you've caught them on the back foot, right? You've caught them on the back foot. How they react is fascinating. So most go, what, huh? What? Hmm? I don't know what that is. Um, but but what, what NordVPN does is it stops all those dirty pop-ups from, from happening. Like hot mums in your area. Are you sick of wanking off to pornography? Well, why don't you go and visit one of the hot mums in your area? You won't get that pop-up either. There are no hot mums, by mean, the way. I mean, it's, the thing is, it's like, depends on where you are. So, you know, if I'm in a certain spot, you'll say, yeah, hot mums in Yedding. I said, I've been to Yedding, mate. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and there's certainly loads of hot mums waiting for you to just stop wanking at 2am in the morning to chat to them. I don't know. Maybe, um, may, maybe it's not like, we're thinking about it in a sexual way. Maybe it's a temperature-based uh, pop up where they're literally they are overheating and they need help, right, and actually <laughs> <laughs> it's hot mums, literally hot mums, like you know, like a dog that's been stuck in a car on a summer's day, and it's the only <laughs> only the right thing to do is to let it out. This is a pop up, like basically they all sign up to this thing going, "Are you a hot mum?" Like fucking yeah, I'm boiling at the minute, <laughs> and then <laughs> and it what pops up. They know you're awake because you're out there wanking. They think right, they come round thinking they're going to get some. I like the. Yeah, you open the door and they're like, oh, thank fuck, I was boiling in there. I like the idea that these hot mums are out there and they're, um, they're, they're really hot and that's the only reason why. And they somehow think that, that they're, they're trapped in these cars, these hot mums, or, or in their rooms. And the, the, the way to f- save these hot mums is, is by adverts on X Hamster. They know where all the strong, the strong, horny men are who are definitely going to come around and open their door, right? Which is all they need doing. They just need someone to come in, open the door, 
So it makes sense. So that's we've been looking at it wrong all these years. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a mate of mine told me the other day that um, that uh, he'd completed X Hamster, <laughs> and um, what what this mate I'm after quiz him on that. Yeah, what this mate um, what this mate said was that he used NordVPN. Very good mate of mine. He used NordVPN to access X Hamster in another country, and apparently he hadn't completed X X X Hamster. There's tons of X Hamsters out there, depending on what country you are. Fill your boots. You can't. You basically cannot complete it anyway. NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there. It protects you from all kinds of viruses and security breaks, and it's uh, it, you know costs the price of a coffee. And as we said, you can use it to to uh, to save you money. NordVPN will give you all these features and save you money. It depends how you use it. Anyway, grab an exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash the fighting cock to get a huge discount on your NordVPN plan. Uh, one additional month for free, and it's completely risk-free because you can cancel it any time. Thirty back money, uh, money, thirty-day money-back guarantee. So, boys, uh, Spurs played a game of football at home this week. I'm not sure if you noticed, but uh, yeah, we um, we went there and pushed Southampton's guts right in. What was your immediate reaction after the game? What did you feel about it? Apart from like an overall contentment, what's what was your take home from the game, team? You know, sometimes when the boxer just has a huge knockout and they put a mic in his face, I'd have been like, bring on City, bring on Liverpool, bring on Madrid, bring on Munich. Yeah. But um, it, w- it was wonderful because um, we conceded the goal and the Spurs gallows humor gene kicks in thinking, oh, fuck's sake, here we go. Yeah. And they're going to get a second because um, I don't know what it was like at home, but I shut the bed every time Ward Price got the ball anywhere near our area. Oh, boy, he's going to fucking dink it he's, in, isn't he? He's going to fucking dink it in. There's an aura around James Ward-Prowse. Yeah. That is unlike any other. Like, he's good, but he's not like... It's sort of like when he gets the ball, when you're playing at Southampton, you're thinking, he's the Bruyne. It's like, like that level of skill. You're thinking, what? Yeah. How has this happened? Like, he's got a few free kicks and suddenly he's fucking Kevin De Bruyne. Is that right? <laughs> it, feels, it feels that way, but... um. But no, there was it was lots to celebrate. Um, you know, start of a new season. There's been a lot said about about the window, um, positive and, and negative. It's just nice to just see everyone out there. I mean, none of the new players started, but it's fucking wonderful, and it just bodes well. What do you make of that, John? Um, the fact that none of the, the the new players started. Our bench comprised almost entire, entirety of of our summer acquisitions. I think that's. Um, I think that actually shows what we were trying to do over the summer, which is just to, it wasn't necessarily about strengthening the first 11. It was also about like creating a stronger squad. And I listened to the sort of five statements pod that you and Cal did after the game on Patreon. I think um, Cal made, well, you both made a really good point around. If you look at our bench in the last game of the season against Norwich versus our bench uh, in this game, like the difference in quality, the options we were able to bring off the bench if we needed them, were like exceptional and that's the, that's the difference right and I know we said it all summer about signings and players coming in and, and I know we didn't have Richarlison available but he probably let's be honest he probably would have been on the bench right so that would have mean that the entirety of all of our summer transfer windows wouldn't have started and I think that's that can only be a a positive thing when you get a really good result because it just basically shows that they are going to have plenty of games right there's no way that Perisic is not going to start all season he's going to be on the bench same with Basuma but they're going to get their chances and I think it was good to just get some consistency. We've got like a little bit of, um, you've got to get these players bedded in, right? And I know we've had pre-season and we did those signings early, but they do need a little bit of time just to acclimatise to the league for some of those players that have come from uh, kind of elsewhere. But 
Yeah, mate, I'm I'm really happy with with that, and I think we've we've got a good squad as it stands anyway. So those signings are just a little sprinkle on top. I didn't have any issue with the fact that we hadn't we started the team we did. I had no issue at all. It didn't, you know, there there there've been times, and it, it, it happens through every manager seems to do it. They'll get a new player through the door, and they'll start on the bench, or even like we've said it a million times, but Loris starting on the bench, um, on the Redknapp AB. AVB, sorry, sorry. And, um, you know, so just get him in. Bradfield was obviously shot to bits. Just get Lloris in and let's start this, this journey we're going to have together. Um, and, and generally you're thinking, well, that player we brought in is going to prove our first team. Based on the performance for, for large parts of that game against Southampton, especially given the fact that this is the same Southampton team that beat us last year in February, actually, that I was super confident, even without having this incredibly deep bench that we were going to we were going to do it and even when Ward Prowse scored and it was a cracking goal and you know it's exactly everything he's about I, I was you yeah, that's a, I think that's a good question was you fearful John was you fearful of the of what might happen after he scored that goal or did you have faith in in, in Conte yeah I had like I think sometimes these things happen it's it's not it's very easy sometimes in these games um to just kind of especially when you're at home, to think oh, this will just be a walk in the park, we'll get a good result here because we've got a great manager, great players, all the rest of it. Sometimes things happen and you have to just deal with it. And that's really the mark of like good good quality teams is overcoming adversity. And like when you can see the goal kind of early in the game <laughs> like that, and it, it will take you a little bit to kind of um, shake it off. But to be honest, after that, we were excellent. Like Our recovery yeah. from that position was, was exactly what you wanted to see. They didn't look oh, here we go again, kind of resigned. It was like, okay, fine, right, let's go again. Like, we'll score enough goals here to be fine. And after that point, we, we really were just dominant for the whole you know, rest of the game. So, yeah, it was fine. Uh, T, who was your man of the match? Uh, it was difficult to look past um, Kulisevsky, to be honest. He was, it was just amazing. It's just, you know, obviously this is going to be said ad nauseum throughout the season, but I just can't believe we've got him. But I think from the opening was... From you know, from opening kickoff, he was just on it all game, rewarded with a goal, at, which is a, you know, pulled the goal off was this amazing world the outside of the area. See the replay, just like from the edge of the box, just see they got it around the keeper. But Mate, he was excellent, it. and it's nice to see the synergy he's got with um, Son and Kane, and that they're both happy for him to have the ball. Sometimes you almost feel that when when Kane and Son gave the ball to a Lucas or a Bergvine, they weren't sure they were going to get it back if any quality. But I feel with um, Kulisevsky, they they just let him do his thing because there's going to be times when all trust stuff that doesn't come off. But it's, and that's, that's his first home goal. As well. I had no idea he'd never scored at home before before last Saturday. But well, yeah, it's got to be him. Not, I think that was his ninth goal for Spurs. So it means eight have come away from home. That's mental. Yeah, I think he might be right as well. Yeah, wow. mad. Well, I mean, and this is um, we had a question here from Dan Dan the man in the trash can. He says, uh, "How long does Decky have to continue this form to not only be the best youngster in the league but the whole bloody world?" I mean, John, if he continues this level of performance, like if it doesn't drop for him, like this is what he can deliver and no doubt will become better in the next year or two, then you are... T- it, if, if his level doesn't dip below where it is now, you are talking top-level European player. 100%. I mean, <laughs> it gets mentioned on every podcast since we've signed him about how young he is and it still doesn't really sink into me just because the the way he's just come in and just been levels above so many like quality players and especially players who are of a similar age who get accolades more than he does 
I mean, I've seen a few people make the, the Foden thing. Like, they're really close in age. And Foden gets talked about, like, the future of, like, not just British football, but, like, European football from an attacking point of view. Yeah. Kudaseski's numbers are way, way better than Foden's. Like, it's not even, it's, just, it's not actually close at all. Like Foden, Foden's just been around for years, though, isn't he? Exactly. He's, been... he's got a reputation as, like, oh, he's a pr- prodigy. He's going to do this and he's going to do that. It's a little bit like Saka as well now, right? He's, like, got a reputation as, like, he's going to be this. He's going to be that. Hulu is that right now. Like, he is that guy. And I think that um, there's a stat about since he signed for us in terms of goal contributions, or sorry, goal involvements. Like he's third on the list behind Son and Kane. So we have basically the, the top three since he signed for us. And it's like Salah and De Bruyne. So you're talking like top, top players in the bracket since he's joined Spurs that are doing stuff in the Premier League to the same level as him. Like it's unbelievable. So yeah, mate, if he carries on like this, he'll be one of the best players in the best league in the world. That's, that's what we have to say. See, um, Son and Kane were relatively quiet by their own high standards. Uh, which gave Kulisevsky so much space because they. It seemed to me that Southampton done a lot to try and put huge amounts of pressure on Kane when he had the ball. It seemed like they were kind of trying to negate the fact that he was trying to drop and spin and trying to play Son or Kulisevsky in or another player who might be overlapping, but he wasn't being able to do that because they they really put, did a number on Kane. They just didn't give him a chance every time that he tried to set himself. He had like three players around him. Son similar, but to a lesser extent, he had a little bit more space. But it just gave Kulisevsky freedom. And I just want to, I guess, I'm going to ask you, is this the best front three in the league? And if it's the best front three in the league, does that make it the best front three in Europe outside of PSG? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Or the world. <laughs> or the <laughs> world, yeah. But if it's European, it's um, the world, isn't it? It's probably... It's up there. I mean, I, I would definitely say it's up there. Um, I'm not... I mean, not to talk about other teams too much, but I didn't see the Liverpool game, but just like um, Nunez did all that in his first game. So is it... Is it him, Diaz and Salah? Maybe maybe they're the top three, but we're not far off from at all. We're definitely definitely on, on that level, I'd yeah, say. Very special. Do you, do you, any cause for concern at Son and, and Kane being quiet, John? No. I, if anything, I, this is a positive for me, if I'm honest, because those two, they're always in the mix and it does get to that point of, well, yeah, that's their job. <laughs> so it's always a bit like, like reliant on them. I find a weird phrase, like that's their job is to score score goals and create goals. But it, it, it is always nice, I think, when teams can score and they're, they're essentially their best scorers aren't involved because it just shows that you can when you need to. Uh, other people can chip in. So I, I didn't think Sun played that badly. I didn't think Kane played that badly. I, just, I think they were trying. They were trying a little bit too hard. I think Sun was uh, Sun particularly. Like it was a couple of occasions he should have slipped Kane in, and then after that, Kane's then trying to get shots away. And that's just the nature of having two strikers that are at that level. Where there was that moment where he, uh, Son was carrying it across the box, and he's just like shoot, yeah. shoot, shoot, <laughs> shoot. Why won't you shoot? Like, like I, like I'd know, and I'd reacted much better than Son could in that moment. But it just felt like just ping it, fucking hit it. 
And then Kane's sitting there and he's waiting. Kane wasn't in the best position to score in that instance no. either, because it, the keeper could have come across and it would have been difficult. And, and you can't ask, or, or you can ask Son to pass in that instance, but you can't blame him for wanting to take it on because he's, we've seen him do that so many times where he's just, he's just buried it from that position. He has the technique to do it. Um, but there was that moment where Kane didn't receive the ball. Son was on the floor because he sort of fell over after he hit the ball. And um, Kane had a go at him. I think he might have thrown a few aspersions at him and Son. I won't go I into the details. So. Yeah. I what are you so. thinking? Um... What, how, how chingford <laughs> did he go? <laughs> I don't know. I reckon he probably just... Um, I reckon he punched a wall and he went back in, in the tunnel. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I can lose uh... it. But there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up, actually. Um... One of which is because um, you talked about the subs and the depth, right? And um, they took off Sessignon, who's probably one of our better players, or Perisic. Yep. I just thought so Walker, he'd be unragged by Sessignon for that game. Then he'd bring on Perisic, who's just like, just like trying shit out. It was just like, we, we, just tweeted, wow. we tweeted at the time, like, imagine being 4 1 up against in the Premier League and then bringing on Perisic. Our first sub, our first sub, and it's Perisic. It's just un, un, and I just do. We want to talk about potentially what we could do this this season, given this result in a bit. But I just like it does feel like this is different to what it was before. And I know we get this gets aimed at us a lot. Like oh, next season it'll be different. Next season it'll be different. But this is this season, and it feels different. It's not. We're not talking about next season. And I remember. Do you remember when? Do you remember when? Um, some some of the conversation back when Conte took over was like, this is his pre-season. Like we're halfway, we're, we're a quarter of the way through the actual season. But Conte was going to treat this like this is his pre-season and next season is the one that counts. Now, the, the beautiful irony to that is that we he got us to qualify for the Champions League from 11th, I think it was. And we're, we're now in the Champions League and no one expected it. But it doesn't change the fact that this is Conte's season, not that one that we just passed because there was untold challenges. And we talked about how light the squad was against Norwich on the final day of the season, which we had to draw, I think, or win. I can't remember. That's a better Arsenal result, wherever it might be. And um, yeah, we, we, we kind of find ourselves now in a situation where we've swept aside uh, Southampton. Again, the team that beat us in February and played very well, came from behind twice. It's not a team lacking spirit. It wasn't one that was demolished by nine goal drubbins or House and Hootle was all over the place and it was the end, close to the end of his demise. This was a, a Southampton team that was playing well and did play well against Conte's Tottenham. And now, given the fact he doesn't have the challenges he had then and he could turn to the squad to finish the game off, meant that we did. There was no point where this was any worry other than maybe a couple of minutes around War Prowse's goal. I haven't got a question. I've just said loads of stuff. Uh, John, say something. <laughs> I think... I've got a with, um, Go, go, T, go. The thing with the Southampton goal was... Um, I'm watching the game and I'm kind of a bit anxious because, you know, we're a goal down. But then I kind of... I think someone actually near me mentioned that they've not really had a shot on goal, have they? Apart from that shot from Ward-Prowse. Like, we actually were on top. Sometimes it takes something to just jolt you back into reality because... I watch the game in the context as being a Spurs fan. Like, I only care if we're winning. You know, if we're losing, I, I can't just say, yeah, but we're playing well. I'm like, fucking, what are we losing for? It just, just felt very irrational at that time. But we were all over. We were creating so much. And there were just so many good performances from, from all around the team. And um, 
And I guess if um, Richarlison was on the bench and Kane and Son were underperforming, you could have brought him on. And how do you even deal with Richarlison? Because he's not like, he's very chaotic and he's good, but he's very chaotic. How do you even, as defenders, how do you even fucking, you know, um, legislate for that? See, we're going to get to a situation where, where that is going to happen. Richarlison will come on for an underperforming Son or Kane. Probably less so Kane and almost certainly Son. Do you think that that will pose problems? Do you think Son will throw a hissy fit if he gets taken off on 59 minutes for Richarlison, if he's playing like he did the other day? I reckon he will, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I I would struggle to think that Son would um, put himself before the team in what could possibly be a massive season under someone like Conte, who none of the players have seen his like. Obviously, Mourinho has that kind of gravitas, but Mourinho's sort of on, on the way down. But Conte is like very much one of the best managers in world football right now. And you can just see the difference in the team from when he's from now. So if Conte um, you know, subs him off early, I don't think he'll be, he'll be too mad if he end up still winning. Any thoughts on that, John Boy? Yeah, you you want players to be annoyed to be taken off. Like, I never understand that thing of like, oh, he's not. Granted, don't do a gali and like just fucking lose your shit at the disrespect of the club. But like, it's okay <laughs> if he's annoyed that he's coming off because he's either annoyed at himself for not playing well enough, or he thinks that he was playing well. In which case, the next time he plays, you best believe he's going to put in more effort to be like, I'm going to show you that you shouldn't have taken me off. And also, you know, to T's point. This is a huge season for us. Like, I, I really do think like Conte believes we're gonna, we are, he wants to win the league. I think that's his aim. His aim is, I'm going to try and win the league this season. And so the players have to buy into that. And if that means, as a player, like you're getting dragged after 65, 70 minutes if you're not playing well, that's it. Like, you just have to accept that and you have to be ready for next week. So I think we're, we're just in a different place now where nobody's safe essentially and that's a good thing because you want you want the squad and the team to be put in the right direction it's not just about you know Son and Kane um, being our best players therefore they're, they're untouchable like there were a lot of games last year when Son was not playing well and we didn't really have an option to replace him we do now and so it'll be interesting to see how he um, how Conte deploys him I've been scrambling around to try and find the tweet from uh, Fabrizio Romano talking about the young left back from Udinese who it looks mm-hmm. like we're we're about to sign. I can't remember his name. Do you guys want to have a punt here? All I know is that his name is Destiny. I forget what his surname is. That's fine. Let's go, let's go with Destiny. And um, the, the, the great thing about this is not that we're signing this player called Destiny, who apparently was only behind Perisic in the amount of goals or chances created from his position in the league. Um, but the fact that Conte wants to buy him and we're be, we're loaning him back to Udinese. That's the most exciting thing about this whole story. Is the fact Conte is not looking to leave. He's looking to build for the future. Did, did anyone else pick it? Like, did you pick up pick up on that, John? Or or is it? Am I just being hopeful? Just maybe, yeah. Well, maybe maybe Conte's he's found his home, and he's ready. to Maybe. Stay. I, I, look, I think with the whole Conte situation, I, I think you said like many times. Contracts are meaningless anyway, right? Pep signs a rolling one-year contract. Some managers sign a four-year and then they get sacked after eight months. Like the whole thing is it's just an illusion of security anyway. So the only thing that you can like really know whether or not your manager's happy and going to stay is if your manager's happy and he stays. It's simple as so, that. And so to, just create an environment where, he's, where yeah. he is happy. It's, it's not like he has like this. Yeah. 
Well, it's not like he hasn't managed Juve, Inter Milan, the top two of the two massive clubs in Europe. It's not like he's now seeking to to go out and 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 you know find a club like Juve to manage. So a, a contract doesn't protect. If a manager wants to leave your football club, contract doesn't protect you because no. they are the figurehead. If they're not happy, then the squad won't be happy. The training won't be as efficient. The tactics and the passion on the sidelines won't be there. All the things that Conte relies on. So it doesn't matter if you have a contract with him or not. All you've got to do is give him the foundations from which he can build. And if you do that, then perhaps he will be happy forever <laughs> until we don't want him anymore. And then there's no contract to worry about. Maybe. Maybe I'm being too idealistic. I'm not sure. T. <laughs> <laughs> His surname is Udoji. I, I looked. I looked that one up, but um, he wasn't. He wasn't in the squad over the weekend. Um, the Udinese squad, but um, it does look promising. Maybe um, Perisic knows this is going to be a one year and done. But Perisic was at Bayern Munich for a year, I think. You get told wrong, and then he only won the Champions League. So well, he's got two year. Maybe he could do that for us. Maybe two, two year contract though. So he's going to be here at least two years, unless oh, we sell him. Okay. Yeah, well, unless like he plays in the front three. I mean, it's so exciting. In fact, we're actually talking about a squad that we're not having to plug holes and rely on Jaffet Tanganga to play against Manchester City and have great game against Liverpool. Brilliant, Jaffet Tanganga. But you know, it's not what we want. We want quality. We want absolute quality forever and always. And that's the uh, the big one. Did you see the the tweet from Eric Dyer? Um, he uh, he scored the goal and he, he posted four pictures up and he went up to uh, he, he tweeted. Jaffet Tanganga and said Jaffet didn't believe him I told him to put me in, in his FPL team and he didn't believe in me and then just posted those pictures I just thought it was... on Eric Dyer we've got a question here T this is mostly aimed at you because I know you hate his guts um, <laughs> but can't fucking find it uh, but it's basically along the lines of um, you know, Eric Dyer is still not in the England squad when will the slabhead uh, be taken out so Eric Dyer can take his rightful place in the England setup. I agree that he should be in the England setup. I don't want him to. I don't want him to go to the World Cup. I want him to stay. But Cal told me in you was, you was having a private conversation where you're whispering at each other's ears so no one could hear you. But you you think Eric Dyer could be upgraded upon? I don't know if I yeah. should have said that. I'm not sure. Okay, let me let me just the first point first about Maguire. Maguire actually plays very well for England. It's one of those ones where shot for his club, good for his country. So it is a conundrum because you pick players that are on form. So that's why he's, uh, Maguire starts for England. Also, I it looks like England are starting to play with a flat back four, and I don't know if Eric Dyer is that reliable in a two as he as he is in a for us. So he should at least be in the squad, as you've said, but. As for, as for starting games, I think with I think the Maguire and Stones partnership won't be broken up if both are fit and, and able to play. Um, as for what Cal said, stand by what I said. If um, Eric Dyer and Ben Davies are your undisputed first choices, you've got to ask questions in the sense that they're both very, very good defenders, but first names in the team sheet, uh, I don't know. They're doing a job and fair play to them, but I'm, I do kind of feel that they could be upgraded upon. When um, when there's there's images of them lifting the Premier League tro- trophy, I'm going to do everything I can to spoil any kind of good feeling and celebration you have based on what you've said. 
just so you know. Well, well maybe, maybe, maybe this bit of audio will go viral, and then when I do win the league, you know, it'll be, be down to me. That's the energy I've got for you right now, too. Um, Emerson Royale is dividing opinion along with Eric Dyer, apparently. Um, so I thought he had a really good game done. I, I thought he was... I just thought he was, like, good. I just thought, again, once once again, just doing exactly what he was asked to, to be to, to, to do by Conte is get in the position, run the line, be tidy, and do your best when you get into the final third. We know there's limitations. He set up a goal. Yeah, he got an assist to his name, I think, if I remember rightly. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, yeah, what, what, like, what, what, what did you make of his, his performance? Did he have a good game? And should people lay off him a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, um, I think everyone has. I've been critical, critical of him in the past for his like attacking output, and I think a lot of people have said like, oh, he'd be good as a right back, or he'd be good in a more defensive side. You know, he's, he can get up and down, but he's better defense defender than he is going forward. But the sort of second half of Conte's run last season, and a little bit of, we've seen from him preseason, including this game against Southampton, I thought he looked. Pretty good, like pretty decent, and I really do think that Conte obviously thinks there's something there because there's an ample time um, to rotate him out. Essentially, ample I think players he's, um, as well there. Yeah, it's we've got players. Rotation. I mean, put it this way: I got a message from one of my friends who's a United fan, and he was looking to put some Spurs players into his fantasy team, and so he was asking me about. Do you think I should take Royale out for Spence? And I was like, well, I don't think Spence will play much at all this season, if I'm honest, because I think basically it's <laughs> Royale and Doherty to fight it out. And at the moment, like, if Royale is playing at this level, which is pretty decent, I'm not saying it's like Danny Alves, peak Danny Alves years, but it's decent, and it's going to be hard for Doherty to get in, to get you back can't, in, you, let you alone can't, Spence. You can't drop... Emerson Royale off that performance. Right. And certainly that comes off the back of the last three games of the season where, remember, everybody thinks about the game he played against Watford where he had almost 40 opportunities to cross the ball and never found one of our players. But by the same token, he went to Anfield and got man of the match yeah. in a game we could not lose. So you, you, got, you, you can't... Ju- I mean, everybody... I understand if people are being selective in their memory and I get it. And if you've made up your mind about a player, and I understand it, I've done it myself and, and I continue to do it, I have agendas against certain players. And it's difficult to let that agenda go. But until Royale has a super bad game, we've just got to give him the benefit of the doubt, I think. Charlie G sent the question, says, why is everyone mugging off Royale? He's been consistently improving and is so hungry to be a part of the team. He played very well yesterday too, and Conte clearly believes in him. Don't get it. That that's a big part of it as well. His willingness to just be involved. He never made a stink. He just he continued in, in in Spurs media. He continued to be positive, despite the fact that Matt Doherty had become our first choice right wing back, and yet he was there. And the minute we are we needed him, not only did he just stand up, he he made us better. So you can't if you're chucking players, if you're ready to dismiss players for playing well and performing well and showing the right attitude, then I'm not sure what you actually want. What do you, what do you make of these situations, Heath? Well, I actually had a conversation about it. I think it was either half-time or after the game. What, with Cal again? And I said, Fucking... no, not, not this time, not this time. Man, I'm to shake him off this time. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, she called him was... Cal the Rash. She's always around. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, I said that I thought we all did all right, and I got. I don't mean that, Couch. I don't mean that. <laughs> don't take that to heart. That was a joke. It's a fucking joke. Sorry, carry on. And I kind of got jumped on a little bit for saying that he had a good game. The thing with Royale is that it's effort. It's 100% effort. It doesn't always come off. It's not always effective, but he's always willing to try. Um, I do believe we probably will need someone of maybe a better end product, someone we know is going to get a few more assists because um, the way the wingbacks are set up, he should really be you know, getting better, getting better numbers than he does. But he's going to be a fan favourite because of his, you know, unwavering commitment to the cause. He does everything that's asked of him. And, you know, um, I think I think for now, for now the place is his, but maybe by the time the World Cup comes, it might be a different story again. But it's nice that yeah. we've got options. Indeed, indeed. Um, if it ain't shiny, you ain't interested. He says, is the yellow card on the jersey a warning to other teams about how many yellow cards we're going to get? Yeah, if we're not attacking the goal, we're attacking you. I love that. Um this is off the back of Romero's scissor challenge on on Romeo. Romeo, yeah, sorry. And uh, so that <laughs> the first part of this game, I was in a car, and I won't go into really. It's just boring, but I, I, I missed the first part. I was listening to it on the radio, and they were on the radio. They were going, "Well, that's a that's a yellow card. Like it's that's a yellow card. I mean, this isn't, isn't even a conversation." And the referee goes. The ref hasn't given it. Like I've watched it about three or four times, and it's like so much of a yellow card is unreal. I guess the question is, John is 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 it a problem that he can do something so mental? Is disrupting their play when they're attacking worth the yellow card or the risk of the yellow card, or do we simply accept that this is what Romero is and he, we should never ever change him? Where, where, where are you at on that? Um. I think we have to accept that there is some method to his madness. Like, he obviously gets booked quite a bit, but I think he was a couple of bookings away from a suspension at the end of last year and then didn't get another booking. Like, he, he's... I think he is clever enough to know there's a line. And, yeah, sometimes he will be right at the line and the ref will basically book him or send him off. That will happen, right? Because when you play the way he does, that is going to happen at some point. Just law of averages. But I think actually he's pretty smart in what he does. I've I've noticed that he's like quite prepared to for certain players just smash them as early as possible. It's old school, like just let let them know that they can't like take a touch. And some players, really really good players, and we saw it I think last season, that are good enough to not have to take a touch and then lay it off. We'll just play one one touch like passes and try and go around in that way. And that might work, right? But it means that they're having to do much more difficult stuff than having a touch, hold it, back in, find a pass, take more time. And the more he does it, the more that that becomes like in the awareness of players. And they start second-guessing it, thinking it's going to come. And then yeah. he doesn't go tight. They, they try to flick it, and he's just there and intercepts it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply 
he's just really I think he's just really smart and really cute with it. I think we just have to embrace that at some point he's going to snap someone and get sent off. It'll Hasn't happen. actually had a red card at Spurs yet. No, exactly. So, but it will happen. It will happen. Did he? Against Vitesse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, straight red? Uh, two, I think it's two yellows in 10 minutes. Don't count them, does it? Exactly. Don't, it's true. It's shit competition. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Crease is a friendly, basically, isn't it? Fuck Vitesse, basically. Let's, let's, let's focus. Let's, let's, <laughs> And it, yeah. But it isn't a bad thing that a player will get receive the ball with a back to goal and know in their head, I'm about to get smashed by Romero at any moment. And if it comes, yeah. if it, the, the, it's almost worse in their head. If it doesn't come, they'll be like, oh, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's like when you, someone says they're going to punch you in the face, but at some point during the day, but you don't know when you're <laughs> going to get punched, your whole day's ruined. So therefore, your whole game's ruined. If you don't know when you're going to get smashed by Romero, that's worse than getting smashed in the first minute. Um. How hyped are you about the performance and does it change the way you feel about the season, T? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm overly hyped. I just think I've been hurt so many times that I'm always a bit wary of um, jumping on the hype train. But that game went about as well as it could possibly have gone. Uh, you know, obviously the night before, Arsenal won and their fans were crowing and even some of the media were, were big enough Arsenal. But I think that I think we've put, we've put a marker out there, not just for other teams, but for people within the squad. Because um, as I said earlier on, the six new signings didn't take part yesterday, didn't start the game. And they'll have to see the level that they've got to fight towards. So training has got to be very, very intense. So definitely hard to definitely think top four is probably the minimum. But yeah, bring it on. So we've got Chelsea, John Boy. Yeah. How, um, what are you thinking about the game? I mean, there's never a good time to play Chelsea, but if there was, is this it? So, I've seen a, a lot about Chelsea, and I, I don't know whether like I've um, I've completely missed something or not. But I feel like um, like there seems to be them getting slated quite a lot, and I appreciate they've had all these problems like off the field and stuff like that with their finances and all, all these other various different things like going wrong at Chelsea. But they still have very good players. They they still have excellent players and I get that there's some of those players don't want to be there and they've got one year on their deal and they're letting it run down and all the rest of it we also have an awful record there so I'm I'm going into this going okay this is really and I know it's the second game of the season but this is really the first proper test of actually where we are because they're still decent we have a horrible record there we we really need to turn up and I think this could really like I think it's a kind of a, a good time because it's it's a, a bit of a win-win for us, right? If we go there and put a marker down, then it's like, okay, great. If if it doesn't work out, obviously it's so early in the season, right? You can put it down to just still getting up to speed. But I do think we have to we should really be trying to earmark this as like this is a corner turner for this squad and like this could really propel us um start of the season. I mean if we win, then the narrative completely shifts. Massively. Because people people like are saying, well, Southampton you, know, you expect to beat Southampton at home, although most teams won't beat Southampton the way that we have, as conclusively as we have at home. But if you go to Stamford Bridge and win, then it's it's a different thing altogether. At right now, if you had the opportunity and you and you took a one all, if we we could guarantee a one all draw, would you take it, T? Yeah. Yeah, I think the important thing is just to just to get beat. I know it's a bit defeatist, but I don't think it's going to the game. Just saying, sensible. Just say, well, it's not defeatist. It's it's 
realizing that it's a long season and making sure we don't get beat is more pragmatic than defeatist. Yeah, um, I think that's probably the most important thing, just to just not get up. Also, there's so many options for for you know so many options in terms of pick, picking from the squad. It just feels an awful lot better than in the past where. I don't know, you could see a Harry Wink starting the game, for example, be like, oh, fuck off. I just think I'd be happy with almost anyone in that squad from we, Saturday. We, we know that Matt Doherty isn't going to start as left wing, left wing back. That's, that's what we know. Oh, please. And, and, sake. and this is the thing. Is that's, <laughs> the, that's the caveat that you have to add to those two games that we lost against Chelsea. We lost one in the cup, did we? No, we had, did we have two legs in the cup? Yeah, um, we lost four times. <clears throat> we lost four times from last season. <laughs> Three of which were, uh, you know, under Conte. But... Matt Doherty as a left wing back isn't the answer. It's not. It's a stopgap. It's a plaster over a wound. It's not. It's not what how you go out and beat one of the best teams in 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 Europe. Um. So let's see what happens with a squad, especially because it's early in the season. A squad that isn't in any way hampered by injury. Anyway, no significant injuries other than Skip. Basuma played part of the game, so you know that he's going to be match fit if we need him. So. I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm looking forward to it because I never look forward to these games, but I feel much more confident now than I would have done probably ever. Even, I know the last time we won the league was under Pochettino, um, Deli Alli scored two goals and it was amazing. But even that at the time felt like a surprise. If we win on Saturday, or Sunday rather, it won't, as as great as it will be, I don't think any of us will be surprised by it. And that's a different... That's a different ballpark to what Tottenham were in the last 20 years going to Stamford Bridge. I don't know. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, uh, we've got some questions here. Uh, Ken Mertes, he says, a lot of noise about prices of pints at the local pubs. Wife and I are flying across the pond for the Fulham game. What is the Fighting Cox recommendations for a pre-match pint? The stadium, uh, number eight, Bricklayers, Bill Nick. What's the difference in atmosphere? I don't think there's much of a difference in atmospheres. I think probably the number eight or what used to be the Bellinaire is probably the... They can't really divide them, really. Where would you recommend, boys? Uh, T, where would you recommend if, if if you'd never been to Tottenham? Where where would you go? What pub would you go to? It's, it's difficult to tell. I mean, you know, there's, there's there are quite diverse pubs in Tottenham. Depends on what you're after. If you're not offended by seeing a few strippers, then you go to the Bill Nick. Um, if you... Um, if you want to have poor quality lager, but it's near the stadium, you go to the number eight. Um, if you happen to be a bit more hipster, you probably go Blue Coats or I think it's a High Cross and Beaver Town next to the stadium. But also, there's decent options inside the stadium. But as Flav kind of alluded to, you're, you're paying six quid a pint in the stadium and in most pubs around Tottenham. So I don't know, yeah. maybe people might start going to um, Liverpool Street or Wood Green much- or whatever. Is that how Sorry? much is is that how much a pint is inside the stadium? Six quid. Yeah, don't quote me on that because it was a Beaver Town was all six quid, and I believe the Amstel was over six quid. But it might be another pint, some of that's below six quid. But um, yeah, we, um, it's pretty pricey. I, I I live in Wiltshire in the middle of nowhere, and and uh, a pint of Madry is five pound fifty out here. So I don't think this is uh, restricted to the area of Tottenham, although football fans tend to get fleeced wherever they go. That's why you should get to NordVPN if you're travelling away <laughs> in Europe. NordVPN.com forward slash the fighting cock. Get your offer in. Save money when travelling to watch Spurs play. 
Um, yeah, well, there you go. There you have it. There's lots of options. You can't go wrong, mate, especially if you're coming from the States and you've never experienced going to Spurs before. If you're in the stadium or in one of the... I think if you want a more authentic experience of what it's been like over the years, then go to go to one of the pubs around. around. Um, I'd probably say uh, Britlayers. I'd say... Do you know what? I'd probably say Britlayers. It's by no means the yeah. best pub and the beer is not great. But in, in terms of experiencing what it's... You don't go to football to drink good beer. You never have. You go football because you want to spit on away fans. And if you want to do that, <laughs> then the Britlays is your answer, my friend. <laughs> um, okay, so Bua says, how do you think the transfers will... Um, how do you think the transfer we got will work their way into the squad? Hard to imagine Perisic and the like staying on the bench for too long, John. Yeah, as I said right at the top, I think um makes sense at the beginning, keep keep some consistency. But as we start getting into a busy schedule, we start getting Champions League games. Would you bring games. would you bring any of them in for the Chelsea game? Uh I might bring in I might potentially bring in Perisic. Well, but Cessna was great. He was really He good. was great. He was great. But I think having someone big game, big game, big game, big game. and experience and basically saying to Cessna, you're you're coming on, like you're coming on at sixty. And like then to say to Paris, it's just fucking give me everything for sixty minutes because I'm pulling you off. Uh, not <laughs> pulling you off, beautiful. Um, I'm taking you off, uh, and then I'll pull you off if you play well. Um, then you can come in my mouth. Yeah, exactly. And I'll swallow it. If, it depends how how well you get on. Um, but yeah, if, I'm going to take you off, and then uh, you say to Sessegnon, like, look, you've just got to you just got to go and smash this up once you come on. I think you get the best of both worlds, and I think that'll happen like in reverse quite a lot this season where basically they'll rotate those two I, I wouldn't mind that to be honest but I also would be really happy for Cessna on the start I thought he was fantastic but you see uh, yeah I think Paris is probably the most likely to to start of all of them um, I don't see Hoybier and Benton Cobb being broken up to accommodate Basuma just yet so I say Paris is most likely but as for them getting involved in things there's so many games we've got a Champions League at the start of September um, the League Cup would be September, I believe, at some point as well. So there are plenty of games. And someone like Conte, who's won so much in football, they've really got to listen to him and think, you know what, this club is success-starved. I'm one of the best managers in the world. This is how I believe I'm going to bring back success to this massive club and make their fans happy again, just suck it up. And they all seem like fairly level-headed guys, um, the, the players that we've signed anyway. So I don't expect any of them to fully kick off. No, not at all. I, I would as soon as they're fully fit. I would, I would put Basuma in for Hoybier. That's the only direct replacement. Perisic for Cessnion, I understand. But Cessnion, you you got to, now he's getting his confidence back. You want to nurture that because he is long term solution for that role. But Perisic is so good, you don't want to deny that either. So sort of, sort of like you said, you know, get him off on sixty minutes, suck him off, get get uh, Cessnion back on the pitch. Um, one final question um, from Houston. Dynapod, uh, they've got a podcast called called Houston Dynamo Podcast. I don't well, think how did you figure that one out? <laughs> Guess by the clues. Oh, I didn't get the Dynamo and Pod. I was unsure about what if that meant podcast or not. Uh, I've only been doing this eleven years. Uh, the, I, I don't even know if it's even related to Tottenham. So just giving a shout out to Houston Dynapod. Uh, Houston Dynamo FC podcast banter, shithousery, and dirty jokes. Sounds like us. Um, Good yeah. Uh, so his question is: If you had to pick one member of the Fighting Cock to murder, 
in exchange for Conte staying 10 years at Spurs, who would you pick? Why would you pick that person and how would you murder them? I mean, we could murder Bardi because he's not... I mean, technically, he's extra inch, isn't he? So if we, if we murder him, we're helping us and hurting them. Pickaxe through the skull. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be a sniper on the roof and he'd be getting a Starbucks and as soon as he leaves there, right through the skull. I'll, it'd be much more personal for me, up close, with a knife. <laughs> or a brick. I'd batter Bardi with a brick. brick in your face. <laughs> What's that? What's that? What's that? Oh, Italy are good. No, not anymore. They're not. No, those can't be your dying breath, buddy. Say something else. Oh, we gave you contact. Yeah, you did. Thanks. Enjoy eternity. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm doing this. Because we want to keep him. Okay, yeah. say goodnight, Denise. Bosh. All right, we're agreeing. Murder body. Yeah, okay, this um, has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. Thank you so much, boys. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week after we've triumphed against Chelsea, no doubt. Remember, if you're any kind of a decent human being and you have run out of pornography, use nordvpn.com forward slash the fighting cock and uh, access more. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.